So we're jumping into part two of the series that we've been call, we're calling Breaking Free. And uh, last week we kicked it off, we, we kind of laid the groundwork. But if you've got your message notes, I want you to take those out because we, we've, got some, we've got some notes to take today. We've got some things to learn, some things to discover. And I want you to get those ready. You can, you can also uh, follow along on the screen if you don't have your Bible, which by the way, bring the Bible with you, all right? Coming to church, bring the Bible with you too, okay? So let's jump into our theme verse. It's, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says this, it says that though we live in the world, we do not wage war like the world does, okay? In other words, we don't do things the way the world does it. Can I get a witness? Hey, we're Christians, everybody. We're believers. We're people called by God. We've been called out of darkness and into wonderful light. We, don't, we just don't do things the way the world does them. Can I get an amen? We just don't do that. So we don't wear, wage war the, the way the world does. No, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. He says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish, say it with me, strongholds. We're demolishing strongholds. Now, to remind you, a stronghold is any area in your life that won't let you go. It's any area in your life that, that you... Let me say it this way. Every year when you come to the first of the year and you're setting those New Year's resolutions, it's what shows up on your New Year resolution. If it's the same thing over and over and over again, that's probably a stronghold, guys. And so we demolish those strongholds. How do we do it? We demolish them, it says, we demolish the arguments. Now, an argument is a rebellious idea. It's a rebellious attitude. And we demolish pretensions. That's Every area where we pretend that we've got our stuff together, but we really don't have it together. Where we, we pretend that we, we, we have everything in order, but it's not in order. And those things, he says, we've got to demolish those because they set themselves up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Now, it's important for us to remember last week we talked a lot about the mind. We talk about winning the war and the, winning the battle in your mind because that's where a lot of the strongholds, all of the strongholds start in your mind. So we have to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Now, um, we talked last week uh, uh, about the mind and laying the groundwork for, for this series um, and over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to identify three different strongholds that I think are really popular in our culture right now. And we're, we're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about addiction today. We're going to talk about sexual strongholds next week. We're going to talk about financial strongholds the week after that. Uh, but today, we're going to talk about addiction. And I think it's important to understand um, what the Bible says about this word stronghold. The, the Greek word is okurama, and it means this. A prisoner locked by deception. So, so you don't know that you're locked up. You don't, you don't think that you're locked up because you're deceived. Um, well, Pastor Ben, I'm not deceived. Well, how would you know? Because that's what deception is. You don't know that you're, <laughs> you don't know that you're being deceived. Does that make sense? So a prisoner locked up by deception, living by something that's not real. It's a lie. It's, it's not true, Okay. So, so today and the next two Sundays, what we're going to do is we're going to expose the lie. Everybody say those, those words. Say, expose the lie. That's what we're going to do. We're going to expose the lies of the enemy, and we're going to reveal some truth along the way. So today we're going to deal with addiction, all right? Show of hands, how many of you in the room would say, 
I know someone whose life has been wrecked by addiction. You just raise your hand. Yep. Pretty much all of us. Okay. Um, all right. Don't raise your hand on this. You don't have to raise your hand on this one. But how many of you would say, my life has been wrecked by addiction? Anybody would say that? My life. Okay. Couple, uh, there's, a, there's a few of us in here who say, my, my life. And the rest of you who didn't raise your hand, just don't, you, you just have the wrong idea about an addiction. I'm going to show it to you because we, we think about addiction. We think addiction is, man, that's a cocaine addict. That's the, that's the alcoholic. That's the drug addict. That's the person who's the sex addict. That's, that's for people who got to get professional help. You know, like I, I don't really have any addictions. I don't really have anything that I need to, that, that, that God needs to work on my life in. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> deception. Yep. So, so let, me show you what, let me show you what addiction really is. Here's addiction. It's anything that I don't want to do that I can't stop doing or I won't stop doing. That's what an addiction is. And so knowing that definition, you might start to raise your hand and be like, yeah, I, I've, got some, I've got something like that that I don't want to do, but I can't stop it. I, I, or maybe you don't want to stop. Now, Here's the truth. All of us, every one of us, including me, we all have an area in our lives where if it wasn't there, our lives would be better. We have an area in our lives that if it wasn't there, man, things would be different in our lives. So it could be TV for you. It might be anger. It might be pornography. It might be your smartphone. How many of you know there's a smartphone addiction today? Like could be gaming, a gaming addiction. I mean, some, some people love their phones so much, they sleep with their phone. I mean, it, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't do that, but maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you love it so much. Maybe you can't do without it. Maybe you've got every, every app, every notification is on and it's constantly ding, ding, ding. And you're like, my battery's running dead. No wonder. You've got everything turned on. Like you, 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 you have to be, no, you have the, you have a fear of missing out. FOMO. Okay. Maybe that's, maybe that's an issue for you. Um, some people love their phone so much they'll be in the shower and they just got it out of the shower curtain just like, I'm just checking Instagram. Like, they, they even make stands that you can put in like sh shower proofs. They, you can swim with your phone these days. They're making waterproof phones. I just, it's, it's an issue, right? It's becoming an issue. Now here's, here's the thing. We get addicted to things. Maybe it's sugar for you. Maybe it's food. You get addicted to it and you, and, you, and it ends up you can't live without that thing, and it begins to control your lives. It begins to dictate your, deci your decisions. could be shopping. It might be working. It might be working out. It's you, it's you're, you're addicted to that multiple times a day. You're just so consumed with your look and your body, and maybe, maybe it, I don't know what it is for you, but, but it's an issue. It's the thing that you don't want to do that you can't stop doing. Okay, now the Bible actually tells us of, of a guy named Paul. He, he wrote uh, two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul is the guy that you would want to pattern your life after. I mean, he's a good, godly example. But Paul devoted a chapter of Romans, Romans chapter 7, to this struggle of doing what he doesn't want to do, uh, to, to a struggle of addiction. He devoted chapter 7 of, of uh, and, and again, when he wrote the Bible, he when, when they wrote the Bible, when God gave us the Bible, it didn't come with chapters and verses, right? It came, it came as one book. And so he wrote that letter to the Romans, like saying, hey, this is, this is the struggle that I'm in. So 
I want to show you that today. I want to, I want to try to normalize this, not, not to say it's okay, but to say we all have struggles. Are you with me? Okay, y'all help me preach today. Y'all amen me, I'll, I'll, I'll hurry. I'll, I'll, I'll get through it faster. Okay, here's Romans chapter seven. Paul says, so I find this law at work that although I, I want to do good, man, I, I want to serve God, I want to live right, but evil is right there with me. Now, it, it kind of reminds me of this, uh, this principle, this, this uh, law of physics that says anything in motion is going to cause some friction, right? And here's the thing, spiritually, that the same thing is true spiritually, that when you are in motion towards God, when you are growing, when you are chasing after God, when your life is in motion towards a relationship with God, you're chasing godliness, there's going to be some friction in your life. There's going to be some friction with your carnal and your selfish and your sinful nature. Amen? So I want to do good, but evil's right there with me. He says, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I want to serve God. God. Ben, I, I read the Bible. I pray, I go to church, but I see another law at work within me. What is it? It's waging war against my mind. It, remember, it all starts here. It's waging war against me. It's making me a prisoner of the law of sin that's at work within me. And he ends this, this chapter. He says, man, I, what a wretched person I am. In other words, I don't like who I am. And, and that's some of you today. You would say, Pastor Ben, I just don't like who I am. I don't like who I've become. I don't like the, the thing that I'm dealing with. I don't like the issues that I'm struggling with. And, and I understand that. Many of us in the room understand where you're coming from. So when we, when we deal with a stronghold, the first thing we've got to do is expose the lie. And so today I want to expose five lies of addiction. These are not all of the lies of addiction, but it's just five of them. I want to give them to you. So if you're taking notes, jot this down. The first lie of addiction is this. It's, it's, this is who I am. It's a lie of addiction, and it begins to affect your identity. You begin to believe that you are what you do. Hey, come on. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You are not what you do. You are not what you have done. Can I tell you today that God doesn't see you as you are? He sees you as you could be. He sees you as the man or the woman or the child of God that you are. That's how God sees you. That's how he sees you. You're not, you're not that thing. Come on. That's not who you are. I want you to get that today. The second lie that we buy into a lot of times is I'll, nev I'll never be able to, to break this. I'll never be able to change. Have you ever thought that before? Have you ever felt that before? This is, my, my daddy did it, my granddaddy did it, and, and we all have red hair, so I guess I'll do it too, right? Like, I don't know. You just make up this, these reasons. I'm just, it's always going to happen. You begin to feel hopeless, okay? So you try to change, you fail, and then you get in this cycle of increasing, incre you become increasingly hopeless, I'll never be able to accomplish. I'll never be able to change. I'll never be able to see victory. But I want to remind you that we serve a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Victory is his. He rose from the grave. And the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the grave is alive in us. And as long as that's still true, as long as the Holy Spirit still lives in us, come on, there is hope and there is faith and there is belief that we can change. We can change. Amen. Third lie. It's not really a problem. 
I, I, don't, I don't have an issue with this. Like, it's not really that big of a deal, and we get defensive. When somebody calls us out, maybe if you're a parent, your kids come to you and say, Mom, I really wish you wouldn't do this. Dad, I wish you wouldn't drink that. And, and you, you get defensive. You say, I think you have a problem with anger. I don't have a problem with anger. Yeah, maybe you do, right? Maybe, maybe so. Maybe there's an issue there. You get defensive. And, but here, listen, listen to me. You, you begin to bow up on people. I, I can change. I, I, don't, I can stop anytime. I, I don't have a problem. But un, you'll never be free until you admit, until you confess, I do have an issue. I have, I have a problem. It's not who I am, but I have a problem. And when you begin to open up your life to God and to other people, that's when you'll begin to get free from those issues. All right? Number four is that I've gone too far, Pastor Ben. And this becomes an issue of forgiveness. God can't forgive somebody like me. God, God, God can't use me. Like, I've, I'm past the point of no return. I've, I've crossed the line. He could never use me. He could never forgive me. And listen, here, here's, here's something I, I want to be clear with. There's always room for forgiveness at the foot of the cross. There's always room for freedom at the foot of the cross. Now, you might have to pay some consequences for your, for your struggle, for your stronghold. There might be some things. There's going to be relational consequences. There might be legal consequences that you have, to, you have to pay, right? But at the foot of the cross, Jesus is always there. His arms are open wide. He's ready to forgive you. And I want to tell you today, I'm speaking prophetically over you, that the, the next chapter of your life is better than the last chapter of your life. God can do more this year than he did last year. He can do it. I need you to believe that. Come on, we got to expose this lie, and the fifth lie we have to expose is that the only way out is my next fix. That's the only way this is going to be better. And, and what happens here is you begin, you, you begin to feel shame, right? Can I, can I tell you the, the only problem, not, maybe not the only problem, but the biggest problem I see with the next fix is that it doesn't fix anything. It's temporary. It's, it's not easing your pain, it's masking your pain. And you're, you, you keep going back to the same thing. Uh, more than likely, what you're dealing with is, is what counselors and, and people who work in this realm, they would call it a family, it's a family of origin issue. Something happened in your life, and for the last ever how long, you've been trying to mask the pain. You've been trying to cope with the pain. You've been medicating it temporarily and you all you keep to, you have to keep going back to fix the issue because it never fixes itself and it creates shame and you stay hidden and you're living in secrecy and you don't want anybody to know and I'm just telling you today that you'll never be free until you bring it to the light you'll never be free until you get it out in the open so what do we do what do we do pastor ben um well paul helps us with this i'm going to read the last part of romans chapter 7 but I'm going to give it to you in the message paraphrase, okay? Uh, message paraphrase is a, it's a version of the Bible that's just really easy to understand modern day language. It's good for uh, like reading, reading the story, reading it. I wouldn't study out of it, but it's a, it's a great paraphrase, okay? Here's what it says. I love it. That I've, I've tried everything. No, nothing is helping. You ever felt that way before? I've, tr I've tried all of that, Pastor Ben. Nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is, is there no one? I mean, is, is, there, is there anybody who can reach, who, who can do anything for me? And he says, that's the real question. 
I just want to know, can anybody help me? And here's his answer to that. The answer, thank God, is Jesus Christ can help you and he does help you. Come on, Jesus Christ sets things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart, but on the other side, I am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Come on, can you relate to that? We, we've all been there. We can relate to that. And I'm speaking over you today prophetically that this year has the power to bring freedom. I don't know what it is. I just really believe God's up to something great. And this can be a year of freedom where you are not pulled by the influence of sin anymore. Okay? Where you get victory over that thing in the area of your life, the stronghold in Jesus' name. So I want to show you. Um, earlier I mentioned how the Bible's... It, it, when, when God gave us the Bible, he didn't give us chapter and verse, okay? Um, that actually came several hundred years ago when man wanted to make it easier for us to find things in the Bible. And so what they developed was a system, chapter and verse, right? You go to Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Okay, found it. Instead of having to look and search. And, and so it's really helpful. But as you read it, sometimes I think we, we turn the page and we go, oh, it's a new day. Oh, it's a new chapter, so it's a new, it's a new place. It's not the same story. Well, this is the same story. Paul's writing the same story in Romans. It's the same letter to the Romans. And he ends chapter 7 by, by saying, I, he set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to do what's right with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled in the other direction, Okay. Chapter 8 begins, and it's one of the most famous verses in the New Testament, something that you need to memorize for your own. You need to memorize this and apply it to your life. Paul says, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. Hey, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to walk around condemned and guilty and shameful. But when you enter a relationship with Jesus Christ, he gives you a fresh start, and there's no condemnation for those who are found in Jesus. That's, that's good news. And I want to tell you today, if I could be so bold as to say, I, this is the kind of church I want. I want the kind of church where there's no condemnation. I want the kind of church where you, when you take off the mask and you say, this is the struggle that I'm dealing with, you're not met with, get away from me. I, I thought you were holier than that. I, I thought you had your act together. No, no, no. I don't want a church full of pretenders. I don't want a church full of people who, who act like they've got it all together. We dress the part, we act the part, we walk through the doors. How are you doing today? Oh, glory to God, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I, I, don't, I don't want a church with, with people who just act like they don't have any issues. I want a church full of people where there's no condemnation, where when we take off the mask and we say, this is my issue, the other person goes, me too. I know, I know what you're dealing with. I know where you're at. I know what you've been. I know what you're feeling. I've been there before and there's hope. Let me tell you, there's victory ahead for you in Jesus' name. Amen? That's the kind of church I want. So, so here's the thing we've got to realize is that until we normalize it, until we say, okay, like it's, it's not, we're not saying it's okay, but we're just saying everybody has something, okay? Until we get to that point, we're always going to go to the world to fix our problems but the world can't fix our problems. Why? Romans 8 continues. It says, it says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life 
set you free. So the world can't set you free. It's Jesus that sets you free. Are you getting that with me today? So you, you can go to the world all day long. They can't help you. They can, they can provide some things to help you. Let me clarify. There are some things that they can do that are, are very helpful. But they can't set you free. There, there's a spiritual law at work here that Jesus came to set us free from the law of sin and death. And so before I get into how do you live in freedom? How do you overcome it? I want to give you two things, two, two thoughts that I, I think are, are true anytime there's a stronghold, okay? Anytime there's a stronghold, and this might offend some of you. It might uh, rub some of you the wrong way, but I don't care. It's okay. Uh, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Um, the, the first thing that I think is true when you're dealing with a stronghold, num number one is that you're oftentimes dealing with idolatry. Well, not me. I don't, I don't have any idols in my house, Pastor Ben. I don't have any carved images. I don't have anything on the wall that I worship. Maybe not. But, but that's not necessarily what an idol is. An idol is anything we allow to sit on the throne of our hearts that is not God. That's an idol. And I've been there before. I've, I've had idolatry in my life before where I put things before God. And, and he says, this, this, is, this is not okay. It's not okay. See, he's okay with you having things as long as those things don't have you. He's okay with you. He's okay with that. But anytime you have an inordinate relationship with something, it has the power to control you. It has the power to influence you. So I'm not talking about just a passion. I'm talking about you begin to love it. And whatever you love will eventually trap you if you're not careful. So an idol is the thing that we allow on our heart, in the throne of our heart, that's not God. But the second thing that's true is that you're going to be a slave to whatever's on the throne of your heart. What, what is it that you wake up thinking about in the morning? That could be an idol. What is it, what is it that you, you go to bed thinking about in the morning? could be that it's an idol what is it through the day that as as you work and you and you talk and you smell something it triggers something and and causes you to want that thing that maybe it's an it's an idol you're a slave to the thing that's that's on the throne of your heart now um if you are in a struggle, if you're, if you're facing a addiction of some kind, and remember, addiction is anything we don't want to do that we can't stop doing. If, if that's you, there's a good chance you need help. Like, like you, need, you need Jesus, yes, but they, they may, maybe there's a chance that you need some counseling. Maybe you need a recovery coach. Maybe you need somebody that you can help you along the way. But I want to be clear, and I want to tell you that I believe in all of that. I've experienced much of that. I have coaches and I have counselors in my life and I believe in it. So please hear me. I believe in it. But I also want to tell you that until you dethrone the God of addiction from your heart and you replace that God of addiction with the living God, Jesus Christ, come on, you're never going to be free until you give it all to Jesus, until you surrender completely to Jesus, until you dethrone the gods. Amen. That's where it starts. And so let me tell you, let me show you how to dethrone the God of addiction how to overcome it number one is you've got to put God first in every area in every area because if if God's not first then there's there's an idol so you put him first 
in, in everything. This is called salvation. Like salvation is not when you pray a prayer. It's not when you, it's not when you fill out a connection card. It's not when you stop by the next steps table outside. Salvation is not when you, it's not when you get baptized. Salvation is when you reorder your life, putting God as first priority. It's when you make him the Lord of everything you are. Salvation is when God gets moved to the top of the list. I mean, God's on my list. I mean, God's in my heart. He's, he's on my list. He's just not at the top of my list. Then he's not on your list. Like if, he, if he's not first, then he's just not there. Is it okay if I can talk like that today? Y'all were getting quiet. And so I just, I'm, I, I'm trying to push you over the edge today. I'm trying to really, I'm trying to kind of poke you a little bit and say, hey, come, come on, let's wake up. Let's, let's go. Let's put God first in every area of my life. God doesn't just want to be on your list. He wants to be the top of your list. He wants to be the main thing. He wants to, be the, he wants to take the throne of your heart. He wants to be the king of your heart. Exodus says it this way. God said, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. And if, I, I brought you out of the land of slavery. And you should have no other gods before me, God says. Don't, look, don't, don't chase anything else. You can have other things. God's okay with you having other things as long as those things don't have you. First Peter 3, he says, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Back in the day, old preachers would say, they'd say, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. There's a lot of truth in that though. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. He, it, it's an all or nothing with Jesus. That's the way Christianity is. It's, it's all or nothing. You go all in. So how do, you, how do you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? How do you set apart Christ as Lord? Let's get practical. All right? You've got to give him the first of everything. Give him the first of everything. I'm, I'm talking about the first of your day. When you wake up in the morning, instead of saying, oh, God. <laughs> Y'all know, right? Yeah. Come on. Say, God, I'm so thankful for today. I'm, I'm so thankful for this life that you've given me. I'm, 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 just, just whisper a prayer. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Lead me, guide me, shepherd me, strengthen me today. Just have, have some moments with God. Give him the first of your time. Give him the first of your talents. Give him the first of everything that you do, everything that you are. It's, it's the reason, this principle is the reason why the early church moved, moved Sunday church, or they moved church worship from Saturday. It was the last day of the week. They moved it to Sunday, which is the first day of the week. Why? They wanted to give God the first of their lives, the first of their week. God, we're giving you the first and the best. It's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of every January. We're saying, God, we're giving you the first of this year. We're not backing down. We're not going to be quiet. We're going to press in. before we live. We're not going to live this whole year and then give you the leftovers. No, God, we're going to give you the first of it. We're going to say we belong to you. It's why we give God the first Wednesday of every month here at City Hope. We say, God, this Wednesday belongs to you. We're going deeper in worship and word. We want to experience you. We want to love you. We give him the first Saturday of every month. Why? Because we say, God, before we do anything else this month, we want to make sure that our eyes are on the people who don't know you. We want to make sure that our eyes are on people who don't have a relationship, maybe those who are vulnerable and marginalized, maybe those who are down and out. We want to make sure that we're serving the people in our community on the first Saturday of every month. We, we give him the first Sunday of every month. Every month, you might, you might, 
pick up on it. We say, hey, this is a tithing Sunday. We're giving God the first and the best of our resources today. As for my family, we give God 10% of everything that we earn. We say, God, this belongs to you. And what we've realized is that we, we don't have financial bondage anymore. Because God blesses us when we put him first in every area of your lives, your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever it is, give it to the Lord first. I promise you, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll see a change. So you got to put God first, all right? But number two, you've got to say no to the flesh. This one's a little bit harder. <laughs> say no to the flesh. Well, I don't have any problems with that, Pastor Bill. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Put down those sugar cookies then, right? <laughs> Say no to that peach cobbler at lunch today, right? I, I don't have any issues with that. The, okay, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I don't wanna make you feel guilty. I'm, I'm gonna stop there. So you, you, you say no to the flesh. Um, you'll never be able, be able to overcome addiction until you learn to do that, until, until you say no to the things they have been calling your name. Uh, let, me, let me describe it this way. You are a three-part being. Okay, you have spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit, you're all, all three are created by God, right? You're made in his image. But your spirit is made by God, and when you die, you return to God. Okay? And, and so your spirit's what goes to heaven. One, one day, when the rapture takes place, Jesus comes back to get us, or, or we die. Hey, your spirit, man is what goes to heaven. But, but then we're left with a soul, and our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And how many of you know that our mind, will, and emotions can be fickle? Our mind, will, and emotions can lead us down a path that is destructive. It can produce anger and, and resentment and rage, all of these feelings that we have. But then on top of that, we have a body that has its own cravings too. We have a body that's trying... And here's the thing. All three of them are calling the shots. All, th all three of them, let me say it this way, they all want to be in charge. Which one's the most important to be in charge in your life? Your spirit. You see, so many times we're not feeding our spirit man enough. We're feeding our soul and we're feeding our body. Your body, by the way, when your body dies, it was made by God, but when, it, when, when you die, it returns to the dirt. It was made from dirt and it goes back to the dirt, Okay. Your spirit was made by God and returns to God. Now, so you got a spirit, soul, and a body. And you got all of these things that are waging war. Your spirit wants to be in control. But the problem that Paul's talking about is so does your body and so does your soul. They want to be in charge too. And you know that, you're, you know that your body and your soul are in charge when they get what they want. When they get to call the shots. So... If we can learn to deny our flesh, if we can learn to say no, if we can learn to crucify the desires of the sinful nature, I'm telling you there's going to be life change. If we can learn to push the plate back, if we can learn to, to deny our appetites, if we can learn to delete some apps for 21 days, if we can learn to close the laptop, if we can turn the TV off, if we can say no to caffeine, whatever it is, I don't know what it is for you, but I'm telling you, it will change your life because what you're doing is you're telling your body and your soul, no, you can't have that. No, you're, you're increasing your spirit's power in, in your life. You're, you're increasing your spirit, man, okay? So let me show you how to do it. Here's how you do it. How do you say no? Romans 6, Paul says, don't, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Well, that sounds easier said than done, Pastor Ben. 
How do you not let sin reign in your body? Well, you can't let sin be your master. Okay? Well, how do you not let sin be your master? You have to crucify the sinful nature. You have to say, no, you have to say, you can't have that. Body and soul, you're, no, you're not going to have that. You've got to say yes to, the, to, to your spirit, man. And when you say no, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you it has the power to change you. So I want to encourage you over the next 14 days. The, on, the only thing that's as good as 21 days of prayer is 14 days of prayer, okay? The only thing as good as 14 days, all right? So over the next 14 days, I want to encourage you, say no to some things. Push some things away in your life. That maybe, maybe it's calling your name. Whatever it is, say no to it. Turn it off. Delete it. Hide it. Put, put uh, filters on your, your web browsing. Whatever you've got to do, cut it off. Say no in Jesus' name, and I promise you, you'll begin to see a difference. Okay, but we don't stop there. Because here, here let, me, let, me say, let me close with this. What I starve dies. You, you have to say no to the flesh because whatever you starve is going to die. If you want your spirit man to be in charge, you've got to say no to your flesh. You've got to say no to, to the things that are calling the shots. You've got to say no to your body. Am I making sense? Okay. All right, what you starve dies. Here's number three. So we don't stop at just saying no. We've got to say no, but then we have to, we have to on, on the other side of that, go all in with Jesus. We, we can't tiptoe around with Jesus. Jesus said, hey, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. He didn't sugarcoat that. We've got to go all in with him. We've got to, we've, we've got to jump in, head over heels. I, people would say, well, Pastor Ben, I've tried Christianity. I've tried church. It didn't work. And my, my only response would be, well, did you, did you go all in? Well, no, I, tr- I tried it for a couple weeks and you know, nothing changed. The preacher said that all this would change in my life, and I gave it two weeks, and nothing happened. Well, you, you didn't, you, you tried it out. You test drove it, and Christianity doesn't work that way. That's why um, I'll say sometimes, give us a year of your life. Give me a year of your life, and let's see, and just see what God will do. Give us a year of your life, and, and I promise you, a year from now, your life will be so different, you won't recognize who you are. So I asked some people this week, I said, hey, tell me, tell me your stories. I want to hear your stories about the one-year challenge. I want to hear your stories about how God has changed you and how he's rescued you and how he's worked in you. And several people sent me their stories, and I don't have time to share them today, but, but all three of them, or there's actually four or five, they, they didn't say the same thing, but to give you the gist of it, basically what they were saying was, we just went all in. I mean, you, you told us to to give God a year and we, we did it. We, if, if you said to go to the growth track, we went to the growth track. Like if, 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 if there was an announcement to get in a small group, we, went, we just got in a small group. If you, Pastor, if you said we should lead a group, we just trusted that you thought we were capable of leading a group. We started leading a group. It was scary, but we did it. If you said go to the marriage conference, we went to the marriage conference. If you said serve on the dream team, we started serving on the dream team. Whatever you did, we just said, okay, we'll, we'll do it. We went all in. We started going after God, chasing after God. So how do you do that? How do you go all in with Jesus? And this is, this is the closing thought here. It's Romans chapter 12. Paul says, you've got to fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on God. 
when you do that, when you turn your eyes on Him, you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you. Quickly respond to it. When He, when he says, hey, there's something in your life I, I, I want to change, you don't hide it from it. You don't, you don't, you don't say, you don't, you don't live in denial. You just say, okay, God, open me up. Do whatever you want to do. Quickly respond to whatever God wants in your life. And unlike the culture around you, it's always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. That's, that's our culture. Our culture is pulling us away. God brings out the best of us. He has a, a plan for us. He's bringing out greater things and he's developing in us well-formed maturity. So, We've, we've got to put God first. It's the first step. We've got to say no to some things. We've got to go all in. What we feed, what, what we starve dies, right? So if we want our spirit man to be stronger, then we've got to understand that what I feed thrives. What I starve dies. Crucifying the flesh, saying no to these things, and listen, it's not just willpower. Please hear me. It's not just try harder. Please don't misunderstand me. There's some spiritual components here. There's some relational components here. This is why it's so important for you to get in a group when we launch them in a few weeks. Because you need somebody that you can be real with, that you can take off the mask with. But you need to start with your spiritual walk. You need to start with a commitment to Jesus. You need to start with salvation and I want to invite you to close your eyes just bow your heads for a moment and if you're here today and you would say Ben you're talking to me I'm far from God I'm, I'm distant I have drifted maybe at some point in your life you were a, a follower of Jesus Christ maybe you were maybe you, you are a Christian and you've you've turned the other way for a little bit let me just let me just remind you what you feed thrives. It's time for you to give your life to Jesus Christ. It's time for you to go all in, to, to put God first, to put him first, to give him everything, to say no, to go all in. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Ben, I'm ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I'm ready to surrender control. I'm ready to, to, to let him lead me and guide him. I want him to direct my steps. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. I'm ready to acknowledge him as my Lord. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, slip it up. One, two, three, four, five, six. So come on, anybody else? Seven. Anybody else say, that's me, Pastor Ben. I'm ready to go all in. Eight. Nine. Come on, I'm so proud of you. I'm so thankful for you. Come on, this is your moment. I'm going all in today. I'm surrendering. Amen. Thank you. Put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together today. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender. Will you forgive me? Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. I turn from my old life. And I accept you as my Lord, my Savior. I'm putting you first. Take the place in my heart. 
be my savior my king going all in today and from this day forward I'll live for you the best that I know how in Jesus name amen amen come on let's thank God today let's give God thanks today come on let's praise God for lives that have been changed